Hiya, Al. I don't know where Hev is, do you? Well, I'm sure I saw her coming in. Ah, oh, right, that'll be it. She was out recording with Farmer Phil, the uh, taming of the cockles. Oh, I yeah. hope she doesn't do anything daft, because she's on the radio, Mike. Oh, no. Welcome to podcast 220 from the Wiggly Sofa. Nice to have you back, dear listener. I don't know where you've been. Have you been on all day? Have you got stuck under an ash cloud? I don't know. Where have you been? Haven't bothered listening for four weeks. And joining me on the sofa today is... Sam from the office. And Alison. Al, who grows all our plants and also keeps everyone happy in the office with her good humour. (laughs) (laughs) until i'm grumpy (laughs) welcome both today's show we are going to hug a cockerel live farmer phil and i went out earlier to hug a cockerel more of that later it's election week and who are you voting for can't say up to you undecided oh a floating voter (laughs) a worcester woman she's on the fence al well who knows really (laughs) what are we gonna do anyway and you I'm definitely voting blue. Come on, the blues. (laughs) It's my favourite colour. But today I'm going to be Gordon because Tyrrell's, our favourite crisp manufacturer, a local company and we love them, have given us exclusive access to 500 packets of election crisps. Well, we haven't got 500, we've just got one each, but there's only 500 of these packets. So, Alison, which corner are you in? Well, I've got Cameron's Crunchies. So you are Tory Blue. Miss Sandra? I am Nick Clegg's. And I've got Clegg's Cocktail, Roasted Vegetable and Hummus Crisps. <laughs> very... I'm yellow. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I've got Gordon's Gourmet, Scotch Egg and Brown Sauce. Right, are we ready? Let's um. see what they're like. Bigger, 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 no. No, I'd have to have the right colour. I'll mm. have to test one of each to see which way okay, the vote swings. Thank you so much, Tyrrell, for letting the Wiggly Podcast have exclusive access to these crisps. They're going out on election day. Each of them have got a picture on the front of the leader. And Michael, our dear Michael, has done all the photography for the crisp packets. What he gets up to when we're not looking after him is nobody's business. Well, mm. I think I can safely say Tyrrells have made my decision. Excellent. Which is the best crisp? The blues. 
<laughs> and the swing on with definitely blues because Gordon's gourmet isn't going down very well just mm. by looking at them. Really. Mine roast vegetables and hummus is good. They are very nice. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> oh gosh, it's a good job we're not biased, isn't it? Our podcast, we can say what you like. Vote blue, vote blue, vote blue. <laughs> anyway, here we are. This week's show, we've got a Monty cast coming up. We've got two plants to talk about, which I love them both. I can smell one of them, I think. Can you smell anything? Not from this distance. It's wild garlic. Happen to know you can eat the leaves, so I'll give it a go. Steady, isn't it? You haven't got a stinking cold. (laughs) Anyway, um, we've got Farmer Phil talking about his... Oh, there it is. Lovely. Really garlicky now. Farmer Phil talking about his peas... And lots more. First of all, Montycast, a weekly fact about wiggliness. The Montycast, a weekly fact on wiggliness. Our cows failed their audition to go on telly with Jimmy for Jimmy's Farm. Another Montycast next week. I love wild garlic. If you go down to the woods on the way to Monmouth, on the left, you will see the most glorious bluebells, and you'll also see the wonderful wild garlic patches. Their flowers are white, but there's more to it than that. Sam, break off a leaf, love, and give it a go at the tasting. Excellent. It's a good podcast to be on. Do you know, while you taste that, Riverford have been handing out wild garlic leaves as part of their veggie boxes in the last week. Oh, wow. That's you quite could, a good idea, isn't yeah. it? Because you use it in cooking and all sorts of things. Salads? Mm, salads. You can make pesto as well with it. Instead of basil? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Mm, very nice. You can taste the garlic in that within the third crunch. Ooh, you don't want to eat too much, though. Doesn't it make you thirsty, garlic? Always makes me real thirsty. I always seem to fancy a Diet Coke after I've had yeah. some garlic. Unhealthy. But... Do you know what you can make? Uh, if you've got a house cow, have you got a house cow, Sam? Afraid not. <laughs> you can feed them fodder of garlic leaves and then you could have ready-made garlic butter. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Farmer it's, Phil taking no, up this. No, it's just that I happen to know this. I know I don't know much, but I happen to know that in the 19th century in Switzerland, they used to feed their cows with garlic leaves as fodder and they used to eat it, and then they had um, requests for garlic-flavoured milk all the time. And so I was thinking, house cow, feed them garlic leaves, and you can make your own garlic butter without having to add anything. Excellent. Fantastic. You can start selling cows with garlic plants. Good idea. Mm. So, if you need a house cow, give us a ring. 01981 500 391. And uh, how will we ship them? ABE, pallet. Hmm. I think overnight. I think Royal Mail would have a problem. I do too. Anyway, more about garlic, Al. Let's have the facts. Because it's out now, isn't it? Yeah, it's flowering now. So this time of year, you've got it in full leaves. So these green, lovely, lush leaves with a tiny flower on each stem. That one's just coming into flower now, isn't it? So there's a couple of buds on that plant and one already in flower. You can eat the whole plant, um, even the bulb, if you like. Really? It's a bulb, Yeah. The whole thing, so you might not want to plant it, you might just want to eat it, but it might be really expensive for a one meal. Um, 3 75 <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
And anyway, they found in open woodlands. They prefer a wetter site, really, and found often down by river land. Um, there's masses down by us in the National Trust Park, down by on the grass, right on the river edge. Oh, at the weir? Yeah, at the weir. It smells absolutely gorgeous in the evening, particularly. I like it. Mm. A lot. But then um, after it's flowered, it'll all die down, just like a daffodil, really. It'll all die down, and the leaves, you must never get rid of the leaves because it, it'll send all the nutrients back into the bulb, and then it'll come back up next spring. Darling, Fantastic. no maintenance. Very low maintenance. It's like QVC, isn't it? No, no maintenance. <laughs> Eat the whole thing. White flowers, beautiful scent. Also called ransoms. Ramsons, sorry. Delicious. Does it spread well then? Yeah, it is spreading. People say once you've got it, you can't get rid of it. But I don't know why you'd want to get rid of it if you got it, because it's so lovely, isn't Nor it? me. And talking of which, my cowslips in my garden have spread. Ah, oh, excellent. Wow. I reckon I've got 100. Well, that's because they've probably gone to seed last year. You haven't mown the flowers off no. before they set seed. So they set seed, and then the green seed has spread all over the garden, and then those green seeds grow really, really well. Got any cowslips on? Actually, I have a little patch on my lawn, which we don't mow. And every year, there's just this little square that come in our front garden. I forgot to tell you about Mm. wild garlic. Did you know you can use it as a companion plant? Because, because, I'm full of facts, aren't I? Yeah, because aphids don't like garlic. So the Victorians used to put it by their roses. And then um, the idea was that the garlic meant that the aphids didn't go on the roses. But these days, you can boil up the leaves and you can spray it on your leaves. Uh, So plant it by your tomato, spray it on the leaves. Aphids don't like it. And do you know what else it does? It stops rabbits chewing on it. That might be an exaggeration, but Rob said. Ah. Ah. (laughs) Because they don't like like garlic. Wow. Another interesting fact from Hev. Thank Mm. you. Cowslips. Why are they called cowslip? Cowslip? Because cows used to graze in meadows and... Well, <laughs> it's from the word cowslip, which is poop. Cow and pat. Yeah. And they yeah, grow in cow pats. Anyway, you can eat the whole flower. Should we eat it? Go on, then. I hope your dog hasn't weed on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Earlier, we saw them. Is it a bit moist? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste of a lot. But it's supposed to be very good for you. It's supposed to calm your nerves. Really? Mm. You, so you might want a lot of this, actually. Yeah, I can see, mm. actually, you calming and, down now. And Yikes. flowers are, give you lots of brain power. Give so look some. out here for Eat some. more. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sam, you need some. Yeah, yeah I think I one. need in a the bit meantime, more flowers. In the meantime, we've got tweeters tweeting us live on air, thank you very much, asking us questions for the podcast. And, and one of them is... This is from Lucy Cummings, and she says, I add ivy to my can of worms, and it takes ages to break down. Do the worms not like it? I don't think they'd mind it, but the the ivy stems are quite hard, aren't they? So they'd probably take longer than normal, like potatoes, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, mostly people put kitchen waste in them, don't they? Mm. It's the biggest uh, design for them. Yeah. Because it would take up a lot of space, ivy, wouldn't it, if you've got a long string But is it poisonous? Well, it's not poisonous to sheep, so uh, I wouldn't have thought it was poisonous to worms. I mean, I haven't heard that it's poisonous to worms. And um, when sheep are ill, we always give our sheep ivy. It's like a medicine for them. They absolutely love it. If they're going to survive, they'll eat it. If they won't eat ivy, they'll 
no doubt die. You sure that's not a kill or cure, Granddad? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go and listen to Farmer Phil and Heather out in the Wiggly Garden about ooh, two hours before we're talking now. So, I'm joined today in the Wiggly Garden by none other than the Farmer Phil, two ducks, toast and jam... And Kellogg's wants to be let out. Kellogg's has not been behaving well, really, has he? No, for those of you who have not heard the latest on Kellogg's, Kellogg's has got rather randy, and uh, instead of wanting his own hens, he seems to want the wiggly chicks. And yesterday he gave Noel a peck. (laughs) Did you hear all those? I did. I had a consultation with Raquel, asking as to what to do with a randy cockerel. Yeah, well, Big Norm says we've got to hug him. So we'll go up there in a minute and give it a go. <laughs> rather you than me. Well, we've got to do it. We're going to hug the cockerel live on air. I see. OK, Farmville, we're home from Madeira. <laughs> we were there a little longer than planned due to the ash cloud. How awful it was staying in Madeira for another week. It was so tragic that EasyJet chose to put us up in a five-star hotel full board while they sorted out the uh, airlines and and whether they could fly through ash and all the rest of it. It was just such a tragedy and I was devastated. Now, you know, our previous experience with Ryanair means we will never fly with them again, ever, Mr O'Leary. Doesn't matter what you do, cost us £400 extra, delayed us in the airport and then had the cheek to play... When we landed the other end, never again, Ryanair. Easy jet, on the other hand, spot on, Stelios. Good effort. And that was even in Madeira, they were using an agent rather than their own employees, which I thought was, you know, a real big tick. So good effort. Now, when this podcast goes out, it will be just about Election Day in the UK. And for those of you who have not heard about Election Day in the UK... It's the 6th of May, and we're all sat here wondering whether or not we're going to have a hung parliament and whether that what that means, really. I think it means they all have a row, not just oppose a row. I think, <laughs> d- does it mean they all fall out all the time? I or does it mean they all get on all the time? Well, it depends. That Those of them who uh, want you not to have a hung parliament, i.e. the ones who think they can have a majority, will tell you that a hung parliament is the most devastating thing that you've ever had, although a number of countries around the world exist very happily with hung parliaments and coalition governments. But alternatively, the ones who stand to gain from a hung parliament, i.e. the one who holds the balance of power, is actually telling the country that it might be quite a good idea to have a hung parliament because uh, we could hold everyone to account. It's really a question of um, which numpty do we choose and why is the whole thing based on just the leader when it's really the backroom boys we ought to be looking at. Right, enough of that rubbish. You know, we have to do a bit of election, don't we, because it's the election. Biggest thing that's happened to our country for, oh, ten minutes. I expect so. Well, since the problem with the ash cloud, Of course. By the way, my cousin Kevin, and your cousin Kevin, he's a helicopter man. He's in charge of the helicopters to go and survey the gas pipes and things. His helicopter chap had a problem with his revs in his engine on a couple of days before the big moment, 
and they had to clean the engines out and he said it was ashy oh dear well I was talking to somebody who knew somebody who was <laughs> in the plane that went down in the ash cloud over Indonesia and? and they said that was a very frightening experience <laughs> and when they looked in the engines having landed it looked like you'd shot them because they was all full of holes all the veins had got holes in and I bet if you looked at that person's choices after that event that would have been all full of holes too <laughs> I would say so OK, Fun Phil, it is indeed at the uh, right at the end of April whilst recording this show. What's the news from the farm? Well, the news from the farm is that everything is a bit late this year. It's been a cold and dry spring, but it's really the soil temperature has been cold and everything's been very, very slow to move. So but that's good because that means that nobody's got any slugs. It does mean the winter has scotched the slugs for a bit, which is a good job. Sales but... of Nemo Slug are sadly down. <laughs> But it also means that we're going to be late turning the cattle out because the grass hasn't grown and we're late planting our spring crops, our peas, because we don't want to put them into cold soil. We want them to grow quickly, which will mean that they are less susceptible to pests and disease, particularly when they're small, which is it's critical to keep them well and healthy then. Are you saying, therefore, that my guilt and worry about the wiggly garden not being planted full of veggies immediately and they're all growing and things is, is invalid because actually the soil was too It probably cold. is invalid other than where you used artificial means of warming it up, so things like cloches and cold frames oh, and yes, so on. Oh, yes, you should have done that. You, you could have perhaps done that, but within reason they would be late as well because... We've had frosts every night or most nights or close to frost for a long time now and that's what's stopped the ground warming up. Don't you think, dear listener, it's about time you help me out with a wiggly garden? You've got a bit of inspiration going. You've got to remember, Ricardo's not here all the time now. Why don't you email me with your stories of growing and sowing? You know, I'd love to hear about your carrots and your veggies and your what you're doing to make them go faster. I mean, all I've done is I've added my bakashi, I've planted a few seeds, and I've been weeding. And that's it, really. And those darn chickens keep calling in on there every day. Anyway, these peas. Vining peas. So they're peas that will be grown for seed, and then another farmer next year will plant them to be harvested green, to go into frozen pea packets. But the frozen pea packet market in the UK is ruined, isn't it? It's not Didn't Mr Birdseye come along and say, we don't want any? It was distorted, not by anything other than the fact that the French decided that they were going to dish out an extra subsidy to their farmers for growing peas, just like that. So that that distorted the market for a minute, so that vining peas and vining pea seed, to some extent, the, the market moved over there for a bit while the French were giving out fairly healthy donations. That aside... It's not a growing market, but it's something that we specialise in and have done for a number of years. They're harder to grow in as much that they go very, very flat at harvest time, very close to the ground, which makes them difficult to harvest, and they're not very high-yielding. Why do you grow the seed for peas, not the peas themselves? Well, I mean, they are peas, but why do you do it that way around? Why are you a specialist seed grower? Because we get a healthy premium on the price of them for doing it. How much do you get? We get £300 a tonne for peas, and the market price for feed peas at the moment is about £80 a tonne. 
Why? Why doesn't everybody do it? Well, because it's difficult, and every so often it can all go wrong. It Why has... is it difficult? Well, because it, they're very difficult to harvest sometimes. But that means normal peas must be difficult to harvest. The normal peas are easier to harvest because they have a better growth habit. They tend to stand up higher off the ground. Why? They're the same pea? No, they're not. How? No, they're all different varieties, different types. But if you're growing the pea, for them to plant to grow, it's the same pea? Ah, for the viners, but they're not trying to combine it. They'll cut it when it's... they'll strip it effectively when it's green, so it hasn't fallen down. Oh! Well, how do they harvest it, then? They use a pea viner. What's that? Well, it's a thing which has a load of funny fingers on the front that sort of rake them up, and then it has a thing on the back which rubs them gently, which removes the peas from the pods, and green peas come out of it. I see. So you're one of the very few people in the country who actually harvests peas with a combine? Vining peas. A lot of people harvest normal feed peas with a combine, but vining peas specifically are different because they have to be sweet, obviously. And they are a completely different sort of pea compared to a feed pea, which is taller, more robust plant, knits together better, so you get a much better canopy. Can I have a few of those peas to plant them? Yeah, you can, but they're not they're not like garden peas. Right. So that, that that's a, another misnomer, so that you plant your garden pea, which is quite a big pea. People wouldn't normally plant a vining pea, which gives these little small sweet peas. I see. Did you hear those cars come? Yes. That's the sign of rush hour at Wiggly's. That's the humans coming to work. It was good, though. They weren't coming quickly. My inverted speed hump still functioned, despite Miss Sandra making me fill them in. Here we go. You get hold of the recorder. We'll walk to the end of the garden, and I'm going to um, cuddle Kellogg's. This should be interesting. (laughs) I'll take my tea, because I'm going to have a spare hand. Now, it's quite interesting, we're talking about soil temperature, so we're now just walking over the bit of the garden that is gravel. Now, this bit will warm up much quicker because of the gravel. Look um, at those marsh marigolds. Very good. They're lovely. We um, have found on the farm that our stony soils, because we're where the glacier has left a certain amount of rain, so we have gravel and lumps of stone and so on, but our soils that have got more stone in will warm up much quicker than the clayer soils without stone in. Right, so, so the stones hold the heat? Well, they absorb the heat from the sun quicker than the soil does. Cowslips, look at my cowslips. They've grown very One, well. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Over a hundred, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Pear blossom. Well, the pear trees, I reckon, look a lot better for cutting some of the ivy off them. I haven't cut all the ivy off, but we decided that the ivy was overtaking some of them and we thinned it out a bit, and they look a lot better for it. Tulips! Loads of tulips. Loads of tulips, they're going in the wiggly bouquets, they've been going in for two weeks now. Oh no, there he is. Look out, Kellogg's, you don't know what's about to befall you, mate. Oh God, I feel quite nervous. Big Norm, are you sure this is right? That here's another worker for wigglies? Who's that? That's young Thomas. Oh, that's yours. Well, this should be quite interesting. It brings to mind that some of our leading politicians, well, one in particular, suggested that uh, we, oh, ought, we ought to hug a... Oh, God! Oh, dear. Oh, he's very handsome when he puts his ruff up like that. Hmm. Hmm. How am I going to hug him, Norm? Well, you're going to get hold of him. Right. 
But he doesn't seem very thrilled at the prospect, I must say. I think I need... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I need gloves. No, I can't do it. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't do it, can I? Oh, dear, a refusal. Norm, could you just pop over from Australia? Are you going to do it? Oh, you try. You've got to hug him. <laughs> Farmer Phil's going to do it. Sorry, but it's too frightening. Right, you've got to hug him under your arm. I've got to catch him. Please. Yeah. Here goes Farmer Phil, that's better. I couldn't, I couldn't hug him because he was coming at me. He's cornered him up. Kellogg's is looking more frightened than when I was cornering him up, I've got to say. There's a bit of Farmer Phil hesitation. I really think there is. Okay, he's got him. Right. Hug a cockerel. Here we are. What's it like, Farmer <laughs> <laughs> Cobwebs all over my face, no? Right, well, I think I've... you've got to get his wings hugged nicely. That's it. Tuck him under. It's good. I wish I'd bought the camera, but I haven't. And now I think you've just got to hold him there and hope he's calmed down. Well, he seems quite content. He's yeah, not, he does. Not struggling. No, so I wonder if we hug him every day then. That'll be down to you, dear. Now I've shown you how to do it. Oh. Okay, thanks very much. Kellogg's, what have you got to say about it? Are you going to behave or are you going to meet the ultimate result for a cockerel? Yeah, because the thing is, Kellogg's, I've got no problem eating you at all. Because I saw Raymond Blanc with that cock on the telly when he chopped the um, horrible Sun Valley spongy bird and the bone went and then he chopped this cockerel are you listening and to it was Kellogg? yellow his leg was yellow and it splintered and he cooked him and it was the most tasty delicious yellow meat and i feel kellogg's that that could easily be you i must say that he is not struggling at all no Norm, for your information He's i not. have him under my arm to remind him i suppose that i am boss not yeah him. here we go I don't know what that means in cockerel language. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. He was no. too... The thing is, he's attacked me from the right from the beginning. And hugging a cockerel... I thought I could do it, but I just couldn't. Here's Sam. Sam, Norm says we've got to hug Kellogg's. Right. So he doesn't attack anyone. Oh, Sam's stroking him. I'm not sure, Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's not aggressive no, he's all right. He's not aggressive now. That's just I'm talking. But he could pet. He's got that look in his eye. They always have that look. They don't change their eye look. No. Anyway, we're mm. walking him down so he knows who's boss, Sam. And Heather's going and to do this every day. <laughs> yeah, it's Thomas Phil's boss of Kellogg's. <laughs> that's not going to help us. <laughs> I set off with the idea I was doing it, and he came at me with his fur. With his I think, feathers. I think listener, feathers. Never mean his feathers. <laughs> feathers sort of up and his spurs out, and I thought, oh no, not yeah. really. No, but I left. 
Right, it's going well. Right, no. I think at this point I will let him go because part two of my plan is to stop feeding him anywhere near the Wiggly offices Yeah. so that he and his hens are not encouraged to come into contact with so many people. <laughs> and there he goes, like... <laughs> What's that thing? Woody the woodpecker? No, it's not. What you're thinking of is... <laughs> Roadrunner. Roadrunner. <laughs> That's right. Bye from me. And bye from me. There we are. Sam, quick snippet before we go. Uh, don't forget we've got the Hay Festival coming up from the 27th of May to the 6th of June. Not only can you see us in the Wiggly Garden... You've got everything from Rob Bryden through to Bill Bryson. So if you've never been before, I'm sure there's something that you'll love. Chris Evans is there. I'm sure there's loads more culture than him, but, you know, there we are. Here we go, Wild Garlic Review. They have taken two years to establish, says Joyce Ellis. She didn't plant them now then, because they'd be established ready. But I am ordering more for my sister. Have you ever used the leaves in your green salad? They have a mild garlic taste and are delicious. Five stars. Thank you very much. Joyce. Al, anything else on cow steps before we go? Because we've got to go because it's the end. Yeah, just the last thing that they bring you good luck. So Yeah, so if you uh, carry a bunch of cow slip flowers, they bring you good luck. We better put wow. them in the wiggly bouquet for the bride this weekend then. Ooh, good got plan. Some. Here's the last review on cow slips. Sarah Lennon wrote, a real treat to see cow slips growing in our back garden. We had a 100% success rate with the plants we put in and we look forward to seeing how they spread out next year. And they're a vital food for moths and butterflies. Fantastic. Planting drifts, you know where to get them from, Wiggly Wigglers. Follow me on Twitter at Wiggles, Farmer Phil's on Twitter at Farmer Phil. Facebook group, Going Great Guns. few issues with ants at the moment, so if you've got ants in your pants, sorry, in your wormery, Go to the Facebook group because there's lots of chat about ants just at the moment. In fact, if you just go to the Wiggly homepage, you'll see we've put links up to Twitter and Facebook and our blog direct from there. And we've got great new little features on our website that tells you the seasonality of the stuff that we do and also tells you if we've got a lead time. So if Ronnie is taking a moment painting beehives, if we've got no sage in stock... It'll say lead time, five days. If you need to order hedging plants in November, you can still order them now and it'll say available from November to March, but you can buy them. Isn't that cool? Fantastic. Wow. Well done, Michael. Thank you very much. It's bye from me from the Wiggly Sofa, Heather. Bye from me, Sam. And bye from Alison. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Joke about the radio, right? Yeah. How are we going to do it? You two could be sitting on the sofa saying, Well, where's Heather? I mean, Heather, you could be in the loop. pouring water down the toilet. Also, and then you're saying, Shh, not No, I need a wee. <laughs> <laughs>